Howdy, and welcome to episode two of season two of the FPL Jingle with me, Owen Kanhidi, and as always, my gorgeous co-host, Stephen Meiselbach. How are you, Steve? Not too bad, Owen. It's nice symmetry, isn't it? Season two, episode two, the year is 2022, all the twos. Yeah, we should probably stop after this one. Or we could just, like, you know, start another season next week and we get up to season three, episode three. Start our It'll prep be 20... for FPL 23-24. Yeah, yeah. This is the top-level banter that people listen to this pod for. <laughs> this is great banter. It really is. And what's worse is we wrote it down. That was scripted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had it laminated and everything. <laughs> uh, have you any nice stories for us, Steve? Are you doing anything exciting? Uh, I am going to the F1 in Budapest this weekend. I will be flying out uh, on a day that I will not say with a person who I will not name. And it shall be nice going to the F1. It's my first time going. Uh, so <laughs> Are you afraid you're going to be flopped? <laughs> no, I'll tell you what I said. Halfway, halfway, through, halfway through, I started. I said it'd be funny if I just started doing a Ron Swanson on it and just like stopped giving away details. Um, yeah, no, it'll be event. good. <laughs> yeah. this uh, i have a permit this just says i can do whatever i want <laughs> yes uh no it'll be good uh going for the three days and it should be class my first time going to an f1 event so looking forward to it now very nice i'm also going to spa what is it two or three weeks later or more after, after the summer break uh anyways. yeah the end of august because after hungary they take like a one month or close to a month's break for summer and then they come back for spa yeah Nice. We can compare our F one stories and yeah, yeah. When we can, uh, we can talk about our F one fantasy teams. People play that. I know one of the, a guy who plays that. Mhm. Doesn't really make sense to me, but I'm sure if I looked into it more, it probably would. But and whenever I'm already, I've already been gripped by uh, by one fantasy. I don't know if I'd have room for another. Your life is a fantasy, but also the game is so. Well, we look uh, at the changes we made to our tinkers. We had a bit of a chat about them last time. I was kind of, you've put me off Odegaard, and I realized I had to put in Haaland, and just had a fucking heap of changes to make. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to look at your team first, Steve, or will we start with me? No, I mean, like, you're, you're already talking about your team. Why not just talk through the, cha- the rest of the changes you made? Yeah. So, okay, first thing I did was I took out Odegaard, uh, and... I also, I changed Kane to Haaland. Uh, so when I did that, I had to get rid of Mares because I didn't really want three, three, four city players. I had Walker in defense. You can't have four city of, of yeah. the same team. You can only have yeah, three. Yeah. So I obviously had to make that change. Um, so I, I said to myself, I want Nico Williams and Andreas. I want like the two enablers so i got rid of tommy Asu at arsenal who isn't even playing anyways any updates on tommy Asu, steve um uh, arteta said he's got a knock they're hoping that he'll be back in training soon and fit for the start of the season okay that's a bit annoying but like less so than what's the other option ben white mm. uh at right back yeah no cedric suarez Ugh. You need to sort. You asked. Out. Don't don't, <laughs> don't get mad at me if you don't like the answer. Um. So, anyways, it was, it was. Did they call it the butterfly effect, where I made like one small change in my team and I ended up with like five changes? 
I now all of a sudden mm-hmm. have Jesus, Kulazewski, Rashford, Martinelli, Andreas, Nika Williams. Um, the goalie stayed the same, Mendy. Um, so now, now I find myself, I'll just list it. I have Chelsea, Mendy in goals, Trent, Cancelo, Walker, Romero in defence. Uh, no Arsenal defence anymore. Martinelli, Rashford, Kulazewski, Salah in midfield. Uh, Haaland, Jesus up top. Uh, Steve, my concern is the midfield's a bit shite. Um, well, I mean, Salah's obviously class. Um, Kulusevski was good. I mean, he obviously had the most assists or was like the highest contributor for a goal after he joined in January. Um, the other two then are kind of risks. Like Rashford is obviously couldn't come. We know what form he's capable of doing if he can get back to there. But I, I have him in my team because I think for six and a half, he's worth it. Uh, Martinelli is guaranteed probably to start on the left. He's been starting, I think, every preseason game. Smith-Rowe is uh, still injured. Be- <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd say even with Smith-Rowe fit, Martinelli starts. But if Martinelli doesn't kind of perform well in the first few games of the season, I'd say you could be seeing Smith-Rowe or maybe potentially like a, a rotation there. Maybe Saka moves out to the left and Pepe comes in for a game, something like that sort of thing. But like yeah, you'd probably want to have at least three strong three strong midfielders in your team, and you've got two by the looks of it. So, but I mean, you did that to make room for Jesus, whereas before you literally had Kane and two uh, two bench players. So I, I it's, had uh, I had mentioned in the last pod that I was like, are we returning to a fantasy football game where we can play more than one striker? Like there was obviously no strikers last year. So uh, I decided, yeah, I want to have the two strikers and get in Jesus. I like having Jesus because, not because I like Jesus, uh, I have opinions on him. There's a lot of 8 million strikers that I can get my hands on now. Yeah, well, I remember I was, I was flicking through my phone and I saw Magnus Carlsen, who's obviously a big uh, fantasy player, uh, was saying that he's he's got Jesus in his team. He believes in Arteta Ball, so... I don't know, like, you know, a lot of people are have him in their teams, so maybe there's something to it. He has performed well in preseason, like, I think in the three games they, that we've played in the preseason, he scored four goals. So, you know, I mean, one of them was against Chelsea as well, so it's not like they're all against terrible teams. Yeah, it depends how you feel about Chelsea at the moment. No, I'm far from relaxed. Uh, I think we deserve to lose. Um... Um, oh look I, I like the flexibility I wonder so I, the reason I brought up the flexibility was because with Rashford and Martinelli I can move to other players on those teams so like obviously Odegaard is 6.5 Smith Rowe is cheap uh, with, with Rashford although I need an extra 0.5 for Sancho and I need I can I can change Jesus to no Sancho is 7.5 isn't he yeah so yeah fl- like having two midfielders at that price point I'm wondering, am I am I hamstringing myself when I need to when they don't work out, which they might, and I need to make a change. Mhm. Yeah, like I mean, potentially, but uh, it turned it come becomes a, ca- a game then of where do you get the money from? Like, do you weaken the defense or do you get rid of Salah and bring in Luis Diaz and free up a few million there? Um, it really yeah, depends. You're, you're making those double moves then, which are like you know, paying the whole. 
<laughs> for a man who said he was sticking to the template, you've proceeded to to wildly veer apart. from the template. Maybe I'll get yeah, angered. Is the template just whatever you decide your team's going to be and then you call it the template? Is that what you've renamed your team as? My opinion of the team that's going to score the most points each week is the exact team that I have. I have the dream team every yeah. week until right. the week okay. expires. Well, you move on okay. to your team, Steve. I've, yeah, I was I've, hoping so. Uh, I haven't made too many love. changes to mine um, purely because I've just been a bit busy with other stuff. But I have brought in a few players. I brought in Nico Williams and Pereira. Uh, just purely because they're likely to start. We'll maybe touch on that later on in the episode. Uh, brought in. I think I already had Mendy in there, but I have. If I, if not, I have Mendy in there now. You changed so, Rea, I think. I changed no, who? It was Sa. You had Sa at Wolves. I did have Sa. You're right. Yeah. Correct. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. I. I. I have to see. Like. Uh, Chelsea. Like. But they. They brought in Koulibaly and possibly bring in Koundé. So. You know, we'll see. I can make that change if I want to, I think, and bring uh, another 5 million keeper in if I want. So I'm um, still a bit flexible on the keeper position, but the rest of it I'm fairly happy with for the moment anyway. Yeah, I, I you know what? I can't, I can't really knock any of it. You have the two centre-backs. They're probably a bit less yeah, the, likely the to one, get the... One thing I am, the one thing I am thinking about, Owen, is that <clears throat> with the five substitutes now is how do centre-backs become more valuable? Because wing backs are likely to get rotated. To They're less likely to get the Aha. bloody finger. Beat you to it. Touche. What? <laughs> you can't touche yourself. Aha, <laughs> um, no, touche. I'm, I'm admiring it, Steve. I, I, can't, I, I can't knock that team. Um, there's probably question marks over Mendy and just the Chelsea defence in general and how what a stinker of a preseason they're having. People have different opinions mm. on preseason form. I don't like the way Tuchel kind of came out and just said, like, yeah, the team is shite. We probably won't be ready to go in two weeks. But I don't know what to do about it. But, uh, <laughs> look. <laughs> well, you're, you're kind of touching on it now, one, but I think the main... We might as well just move on to the main meat and spuds of the episode is the preseason news for each team. We're going to just briefly touch on it and see if there's any uh, nuggets of fantasy wisdom we can kind of uh, extrapolate from the news. Um of, of each team well not at each team because going through the 20 teams would be ridiculous but uh, the teams we find interesting anyway yeah I mean like just if there's news that you know the the obvious news that you might just not have picked up on that's uh, exactly what I kind of wanted from this podcast and yeah the likes of uh, I won't say the likes of we, we will just literally talk about them <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was hoping you wouldn't do that again because you did it earlier and I was like what are you doing like we're going to talk about it in two seconds uh, but yeah, so just to touch on, might as well just touch on Arsenal to start with, purely for alphabetical purposes. Yeah, obviously you, you mentioned the the poor preseason they're having. Arsenal beat them four 0 in their final game of the preseason, although they are playing it behind closed doors game um, now or soon enough this week. But look, three wins, nine goals scored, one conceded. Jesus has four and three, and apparently Saliba has been fairly impressive whenever he's played. So. Uh, it's looking positive like Saliba might even be a potential option for people to pick up in fantasy if he starts games I know he's fairly impressive when he's on the ball he was like the league uh, golden boy like or the young player of the year for them Um, Marseille were desperate to hold on to him Arsenal want a contract extension done with him as soon as possible to stop any sort of that stuff 
Um, and then they also brought in Zinchenko right before the, the game against Chelsea and he played uh, left back. And when Arteta was asked about his main position, he said he is a left back. So kind of gives you an indication of where he's most likely to be used. Yes, um, his versatility is interesting. I am a tad disappointed he's a left back. At five, I wonder is Walker and Perisic and a few others more valuable. Uh, if, Perisic if, if, is five and a half. Okay, if if Suarez was at right back, I I would like be less confident in the Arsenal defense. Um, but Sanchenko is certainly interesting. I'd love to see him get a game in midfield. Arsenal usually have a fullback who thinks well, they're a midfielder. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the one thing I will say is that whenever Tierney was injured, which, let's be honest, was a decent portion time. of the season, Tavares was having to come in at left back, and he just loves getting forward, but he's not very good at defending. So Zinchenko being in there now, like he's a much more solid defender who can still progress the ball forward. So, like, it's much more. It adds much more stability to our to our defense. Jesus and is was there a midfielder added at Arsenal or am I making that up? Uh, yeah, um, Fabio Vieira. Um, but uh, I'm not. I I, I can't I really comment on him yet because I don't know how he's going to fit into the team because he hasn't been able to train or play matches in the preseason because he had a uh, like a a foot injury. He was having to wear a boot for a while, but he's back now. Yeah, um, for him, but he had to wear again, those white little socks at the pool. <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> okay, he's probably not very relevant right now. Uh, we talk about Aston Villa, so uh, yeah, yeah. Um, do I, you want to you want to take this one? Yeah, well, I'm what I'm seeing a lot of, and what I'm kind of interested and in, not interested in is the fact that Bailey at five million is playing well and has scored in preseason, and I'm seeing Bailey and Neto in teams. Um, like a fantastic little enabler maybe at 5 million Bailey doesn't need to do very much for you like Bailey gets like a goal in 3 games or 4 and you're happy but at the same time he just might not play Buendia is still there uh, Coutinho's on the left Watkins up top uh, who's in the middle in the well, Aston Villa team it's, it's, it's interesting because what formation they might try and play because I think they might do if they do a 4-2-3-1 I think they're playing Coutinho in behind the striker in more of a central role so it might free up spots for either Watkins on the left, Ings up top, or uh, Buendia on the left and Bailey on the right and, and either Watkins or Ings up top. I think they might try and play Coutinho a little bit more central uh, this season. Yeah, Coutinho then at 7 million is also <clears throat> interesting. Has he done anything in preseason though? Um, no, nothing I've seen anyway but uh, maybe I just missed it but I just remember uh, Gerard was saying after the game against United when they drew two all that Bailey was fantastic and if he had to pick a starting team for the season that Bailey would be in it so probably where some of the hype around Bailey is coming from surely um, not much else going on at Aston Villa you probably are just going to let it play out in terms of the defense rather than getting anyone yeah to i think so uh diego carlos is probably their big son- summer signing f- in terms of like how much money he cost but uh he's starting alongside mings so it might be less game time for Kansa, so it might be just something to be aware of if you're if you're looking around that aston villa defense for a cheap player yeah. uh so- Car- diego carlos is is five million we already mentioned Chelsea are having an absolute stinker. Um, 
like if if they are to play the back five, it's made up of guys that are have an average age of around forty six. <laughs> I still, it, it, I, honestly, on I know it's a joke, but you're not too far off. Like Tiago, Aspi's what thirty five. Tiago Silva's thirty seven. Koulibaly's thirty one. Thirty one, yeah. Um, yeah, so. which is it's kind of funny that that like as soon as Bowley comes in, like Chelsea never offered more than a one year contract to players over thirty. Then like immediately Koulibaly's bought for four years. If he flops now, he's going to look like an absolute idiot. You can't look any worse than Lukaku. Like, yeah, in fairness. We both have Mendy in our teams. Like, yeah, I suppose we're focusing in on the Chelsea defence here. And, and a lot of teams have James. Like, James is, like, what, the third or fourth most popular defender right now. Uh, does it make sense? Or, uh, I think it does, purely. It's kind of like the same reason that I have Perisic in my team, is because even if the Chelsea defence doesn't turn out to be uh, as good as it could be or might as it might have been last season reese james is still going to get forward and he's still going to get assists and goals because he has got a decent shot on him and he's got a great cross and with sterling in the team now you know they have an extra added threat of because i think i was watching a, a video on Ster- of sterling's heat map of where he takes shots from and like early on in his career they would have been more or less from the left hand side of the box and then kind of drifted into more towards the middle but now uh, nowadays or in his last season there it was between the penalty box uh or sorry the penalty box penalty spot and the six yard box he's getting a lot more central and the chances he's getting are are not to bring it up but a higher xg like so if sterling can yeah but if if reese james can get into the box sterling can get in there get in there to finish so that's why i have him Mm. There is that video, though, Steve, of Sterling not passing to Reese James. So, a bit worried about that. In Chelsea training, or when? Uh, for England. I, I think yes, you'll get over that fairly fast. <laughs> I don't know if I will. Um, so, in terms of fantasy... <laughs> All right, it's your team, not mine. I don't know why I'm defending them. Uh, I mean, like, what, Sterling at 10 is probably saucy. Like, he's basically a premium. Um, but yeah, no, he's exciting. Like he's probably priced well at ten, um, and I think I think like you can't knock any team that has at least Reese James in it. Maybe Mendy should be changed. But yeah, now you. And uh, what's what's Chilwell's status? Is he going to be ready for the start of the season? Chilwell is ready. Yeah, I I I, I think he's he's playing, but like you know, just 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 about back to fitness. So mm-hmm. I presume he'll be starting left back. Yeah, be interesting. So, because I mean, those wing back or the the wing backs at the time anyway were big threats down the sides. They were they were the ones creating all the width. So that allowed uh, Werner, Havertz, or Ziyech, whoever was on those wings, to cut inside uh, a little bit more. So, be interesting to see how that that works out. We'll, be we'll move to on see. to a team that uh, yeah. from a team that's doing bad to a team that's possibly doing even worse on Everton. Yeah, so Lampard maybe 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 everyone's feeling a bit blue. Um yeah, they <laughs> lost to Minnesota United four nil. Uh like and I, I don't think Minnesota are even good in terms of an American team. No, they were only founded in like twenty seventeen, like so they're not even five years old as a club. <laughs> um and then after that they played another preseason game which they won against Blackpool, but it was four two. So even against Blackpool they can't seem to keep a clean sheet. 
there's talk of them sending Patterson out on loan to get first team experience, which having only signed in January doesn't really give off great vibes. Uh, they brought in Tarkovsky on a free, um, which is probably good because he's de- used to dealing with relegation battles, and Everton could soon find themselves doing that same doing that same thing again. So the experience might be needed, though. Yeah, I mean, everything for me is pointing towards Everton just getting a little worse this season. Um, I mean, again, <laughs> if they get a little worse, they're relegated. Yeah, but like, there's no nothing telling me that's not going to happen. Um, hmm. Like Richarlison is gone, and maybe he had a quiet season last season, but he was definitely their best player. Uh, oh yeah, he showed up for yeah. in key in key moments for them, especially down the stretch when they needed them. If DCL um, so is interested. fit, like they're they're thereabouts, like you know they won't get relegated. Yeah, I I guess if he's there, if he's there thereabouts. But I mean, he was injured for like a full season, like mm. pretty much last year. So it'd be interesting to see how they come back and what the service is like for him. You know, because he doesn't have Richarlison now anymore to back him up. Uh, he's relying on like uh, Andros Townsend, Andre Gray, <laughs> Alex Iwobi. Andros Townsend. Uh, Gordon, De- Deli Ali, like Gordon, is there at five point five and might actually play? Oh yeah, Gordon. Gordon's probably. Yeah, I I feel bad now that I left. I have Gordon because he's probably their best player. Uh, oh, poor towards Gordon. the end of last season, uh, <laughs> uh, he'll get over it. But yeah, yeah uh, Lampard is the Lampard is the favorite, the bookies' favorite to be first manager sacked in the season. And you can kind of understand why. But uh, yeah, <laughs> because of his interviews so, more so than anything else. Like he just yeah, yeah. tears his teams apart. Uh, and then, uh, and then he goes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, to to talk about one potential relegation candidate to another uh, mm-hmm. Fulham here, um, there there's not much you want to talk on to talk on to talk about. Uh, we can talk biscuits, Steve I, again. <laughs> Jacob's man, me. Uh, other than Andreas Pereira for four and a half, I presume he's going to be pretty much everyone's uh, sub um, uh, midfield. Uh, they had a preseason game that they won, and he got an assist from a corner. Uh, so it shows you that he might be on set pieces in certain times of the game. And yeah, he's a decent option to have, isn't he? On absolutely, yeah, he's on he's on set pieces. Like so, at four point five, like it's it's a no brainer. Like a center attacking mid at four point five set pieces. Uh, there's nothing else to say about it. Um, I was listening to like a another part the fml fpl podcast where they had a fulham guy on and i was interested most in his comments about mitrovic he was saying like that mitrovic was getting balls in and could turn a man or could do something interesting in the championship and score goals but then in the premier league he becomes shite because he he's, isn't good enough to turn a man in the premier league or isn't good enough to flick it by someone or do something interesting he ends up not even being a hold of man but like maybe he receives the ball around the box area and he passes it and he might become the assister of the assister. Um, so mm-hmm. that, you know, that like I wanted to hear something about Mitrovic because I had him whatever, two, three seasons ago and he was fucking brilliant for the first half. I am always, always interested in Mitrovic, but uh, stay away was the impression I got from that particular Fulham analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else at Fulham? I mean, like Pereira's like it, isn't it? <laughs> Just yeah, really. he's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be honest on when you were when you were doing that, all, all I kept thinking was a sister to the sister, and I kept thinking sister sister, and I was like, how can I link the two? 
Sister, sister. <laughs> ne- wish I never missed her. How was that saying go? No, no, no. It was a, it was a show in the yeah. In there's the 90s. a way, way when sister, sister. Okay. <laughs> we should we should do a research on the shows we're going to quote here, Stephen. Never. Liverpool. Never. Liverpool have Darwin, who scored four against Leipzig, uh, has competition from Bobby and Jota, who's carrying a knock. Uh, I'd like, I would love for Darwin to be an option. I'd be all over it. He'd be in for Jesus. I mean, I know he's a million more expensive. He's nine. Uh, yeah. But like if Liverpool have a striker, that's going right in my basket. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think everyone's kind of of the same opinion. It's just a case of seeing how well he does when he starts. Uh, obviously, like you say, got the four percent, four, four percent, four goals against Leipzig, and ownership of him surged uh, up to fifteen percent in fantasy. Mm-hmm. So people are clearly, obviously, watching him very closely. Um, it'd be interesting because I think you were saying on the last episode that uh, Jota has an injury and is probably likely a doubt for the start of the season. So it comes down to like. Do they start Darwin or do they play Bobby Firmino like the old reliable? Um, and it's an interesting one. What do you think, Owen? Uh, so I would love, or I don't know what I'd love, but I can see a world where Darwin, ideal world for me, Darwin becomes the starting striker. Salah's on the right. Diaz and Jota rotate on the left. Uh, yeah. That'd be pretty but, uh, nice. And given... I mean, like, I'm just excluding Bobby in the whole equation there. But with the five subs, Bobby's definitely coming on. Maybe maybe yeah. Bobby get, maybe Bobby gets faded out this year. I, I'd say he's probably uh, coming to a natural conclusion in his Liverpool career. I, I still think he might... You know what he might do? He might even take on a kind of, like, Origi-type role where he comes on in scenarios gets where they are, they're desperate for a goal. Uh, not saying he do as good a job as their uh, Divock Origi, but that could potentially be something if for, he if he he could come on for a midfielder. Yeah, uh, it could be something that that we see them do. But uh, like their first game of the season is against Fulham away, so oh. you know if you want if you wanted to to ease Darwin Nunes in, that's a pretty good game to do it in. So could very well see him in there. Halland will be eased in against West Ham who have a shaky defence, or, you know, not shaky, but I don't like the players in the West Ham defence. Um, hey, you he... leave Craig Dawson out of this. Did you see his goal? Uh, which one? He scored loads of goals. Holland for City. Oh, sorry, yes, the one against Bayern Munich. Yeah, it was It was good work down the left-hand side, and he you know, more or less had a tap-in. If he missed it, there was a guy uh, behind him that would have tapped it in either, but... Uh, yeah, he also had a, a second goal uh, disallowed that should have stood. And uh, he was quoted after the game as saying, um, I played Bayern seven times and lost every time. So it was nice to actually get a win over them for once. Yes. So, uh, yeah, he, he's looking he's looking fresh and he's looking ready to go this season. And uh, apparently he has a bit of a bromance now with uh, Jack Riedler, Sean. Yeah, yeah. So he, what was his comments? He said... Uh... I was listening to an interview from him this morning and he, he, they were asking him about Grealish and he said, uh, I, he, he needs to improve. We both need to improve, but I like the vibes around him. Something along those lines. Uh, if <laughs> well, they, if he, they build up a partnership, he, 7 million Grealish is going right in my basket. Uh, yeah, Grealish, uh, was, they were in the tunnel uh, in a preseason game. And Grealish was like, oh, this is great. Uh, I, I can go to the line now, like as into the byline and then get across into the box. 
and because uh, I couldn't because there wasn't a striker before and he said well I'm here now so like it <laughs> kind of like sounds like of Jesus Christ or something um, <laughs> what I will say though I mean, is, is the goal was so simple for Haaland that it just makes you think oh can he do that 30 times this season it's a bit you know yeah. a bit fucking simple and a bit fucking foreboding I thought yeah, well, I mean, it was. Let's not get too carried away because it was preseason. But yeah, like it, it's it certainly bodes well uh, coming into the start of the season. I mean, like you know, you go out and you make a signature signing like Haaland, That's your basically way of saying like we are going for everything. Like uh, they could have easily just relied on Jesus for another season, but they knew that they needed to upgrade in that position, and they went out and did it with arguably the best player possible, if not the second best, with with Mbappe. Uh, uh, being in in the football uh, realm, but uh, to move across the city on to to another Manchester team, Manchester United, uh, having a bit of a rough go of a preseason. They've uh, they've made a couple signings and Christian Eriksen and uh, um, the player from Ajax whose name uh, eludes me at Lissandro the moment. Alessandro Martinez. Thank you. And uh, short little centre looking- back. Yeah, he's 5'9". It'll be interesting to see where he plays, whether they try and put him as an anchor in the midfield or does he play centre-back. Uh, not sure, not too sure yet, so we'll need to see how that goes. Um, but yeah. it seems like uh, Diogo Dallo has nailed down the right-back spot for United in terms of the preseason games. Uh, potentially wan on the way out or he's at least in trouble. Yeah, so like, what, why is Dallo getting all the minutes? I remember not so long ago seeing like a video of Juan Bissaka in like training before preseason, and it was like you know the way Lingard had a photo last season where he looked in good shape. Or I remember years ago there was videos of Rashford training. It's always Man United players. Um, do you know like before training starts, they always seem to put something on Instagram where, oh, look, I'm training before training starts. And everyone's like, oh, they're hard working. Same thing was there with Juan Bissaka, and he's not even getting a game at the moment uh, in preseason. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Dallo gets on. Like, Juan yeah. B, we, we know what you're getting from him. I mean, like, maybe you don't need to play him because, you know, all right, we're playing it. We're playing against someone where we don't want any attacking output and... We, this guy used to be very good defensively, so let's give him a game. Um, that's interesting. I hope Dallow locks down that spot. I hope that's a 4.5 million spot in Man United's defence, although I won't be touching it for a very long time until Man United become kind of decent. Uh, yeah. But the forwards at Man United are having a good preseason. Martial, Rashford, uh, both getting on the score sheet. Not sure if Sancho has scored yet. Maybe he has. Uh, that'll be an interesting dilemma, picking one of those. Um, I think it'll depend on your budget. Like, obviously, if you're on a budget, Rashford for a million quid cheaper is probably the better alternative. Um, I I think as well, just based on his experience, he might be a bit better. Sancho is still a bit unproven at United. He didn't have a good season last season. He'll even admit that himself, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of comes down to as well the system that Ten Hag wants to do. Does he go for a 3-4-3 or a 4-2-3-1 or... I'll admit, be honest. Now I haven't seen a lot of the preseason um, stuff. Maybe I maybe I probably should have before this episode, but uh, we're Christ here now. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting Christ. now because uh, as we're recording, Ronaldo uh, has returned to United for uh, talks with uh, Ten Hag in Carrington, so and apparently Ferguson is there as well. Ferguson, yeah, uh, the old Fergie's there to try and back up Ten Hag and convince him to stay. 
But it's funny, like, Ronaldo's probably having these talks about wanting to leave, but everything I've seen in the news is that no club wants him. Like, uh, Jorge Mendes is his agent who uh, is very close with the Atletico board. Um, can't seem to work out a deal with them even. So there just doesn't seem to be a market for him. So I don't know why he seems so desperate to leave. Uh, but at the room, also the, the word on the street is that even if Ronaldo is to stay and, and starts training, that he won't start week one. So that kind of makes you think then, Martial, does he start up top week one? And how does he do considering he's he's gotten on the score sheet in preseason? But you imagine Ronaldo does come into that team sooner rather than later. Yeah, you mentioned last week, like Martial at best is patchy. I mean, like, regardless yeah. of how good his preseason is. So there's, the, you know, Martial is the main man up top. That's not working out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Ronaldo gets a game. Uh, Nottingham Forest with two interesting signings, or at least of players we've heard of. Uh, Williams, that we both have the four million left wing back he's going to be playing, replacing uh, Jed Spence. back, yeah. Um, oh, yes. Jed Spence is right back, though, is he? Apparently, Williams is the Jed Spence replacement. And, All right, uh, well, we'll just go with perhaps. that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just uh, as good, if not better, than maybe Jed Spence. So, oh, I don't know. We'll see. You know, Jed Spence is pretty good last season, and Nico Williams is a little bit unproven. Uh, he's obviously done okay in a very strong Liverpool side, so we'll see how he does now. Don't give the treatment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like... This is what Liverpool do. They they give their young lads some game time experience at Liverpool and then sell them for massive profit and then they just aren't very good. Uh, ask Bournemouth, they pretty much got relegated because of it. But uh, the other interesting uh, signing they've made this season, Owen, is they brought in Jesse Lingard on a free. Uh, yeah, they, and they offered for more six million, for, than, Yeah, than for West $6 million, he's going to be an attacking threat for them. Is he, is he a viable option for some people? Um... So, I again, I was listening to something, and, and West Ham, when Lingard was at West Ham, that was the best Lingard there ever will be. He may never <laughs> return to those levels. Probably won't. In a worse team at Nottingham Forest, I mean, Nottingham Forest is a bit of an unknown quantity, but almost any team that comes up from the championship and tries to play football just gets poked back down into the championship. So yeah, I, I think like I, I get, I, you're you're not getting the class West Ham Lingard. You're getting something a bit worse than that in a worse team. Is that fair I enough under- to say? Yeah, I, I'd say probably for the most part. But I mean, Christian Eriksen last January signed for Brentford, who are a team that was Lingard newly promoted. Is not Christian Eriksen. I'm not saying he would be, but I'm saying there's still the possibility that he. Uh, performs to a higher level consider like the bar isn't going to be as high as he was at West Ham like the bar when he was at West Ham was to get back into England squad I don't think he's trying to get signed to Man United next season (laughs) yeah Uh, but I I don't I don't think he's hit the bar he's I think he's given up on that so the bar isn't like England level standard but I think if he performs enough I, I think people will be impressed so I think the bar has been lowered but Again, yeah. Whether or not he'll actually match it is another thing. But six uh, is six is cheap. Like Martinelli is that price. And Martinelli's six and a half, isn't he? Martinelli's only the six. He's a tad cheaper. Than oh Lodegaard. yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. Then definitely go Martinelli out of the two of those. Mm. But uh, we're, we're nearly running out of team zone. But we'll we'll touch on the next one here is Southampton, um, who are 
a bit of a, an odd one. They've always been a bit of an odd one in terms of how they go about signing players or who they sign, but they've been very busy this season raiding Man City's uh, academy. They've yeah, signed they, they a Gavin. the director of football or something, not the director of football, like some someone from City was hired by Southampton and now would have started buying up all the players. Yeah, well they've got a they've got Ireland legend Gavin Bazunu uh in uh, the goalkeeper and they've got a uh, Lavia uh, a CDM from the academy. They've also signed uh, Mara from Bordeaux, a striker uh, who's up for I think it's five or five and a half, um, and a centre back from uh, Germany for four and a half. Kotchap. So and they've also signed Arivo from Rangers, who when he was at Rangers was fairly attack minded. But I think the most interesting tidbit out of it is that uh Hassan Hoodle has given hints that Armstrong might potentially be starting up top for them. Stuart Armstrong, who's a midfielder in the game for five million, because he says uh playing up top allows him to carry the ball more and run at the defenders more and um it allows him to uh, be be better in terms of his output for the team because he also doesn't have to worry about tracking back as much. So maybe just something to keep an eye on there. That's all I kind of really wanted to say. Have you got any uh, any other uh, input well, in I've this? I've never heard of Southampton. Hopefully Livermento does well. I like him. <laughs> former former Chelsea graduate. Love those Chelsea fullbacks that just go to other teams <laughs> and get injured and don't make too much of a show of us by playing well or anything. <laughs> Thank you, Lamptey, Livermento, etc. So mm-hmm. we already spoke about Jed Spence. He's four and a half million at Spurs. They have eleven wing backs, Steve, and you've got <laughs> one of them. How are you feeling? Uh Perisic is like is probably the most likely to start out of all of them, so I feel fine. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like if not, just let me live in ignorance zone. Uh I like I mean there's too many. I mean, like Doherty and Moura and Jed Spence and Perisic. Regulon is still there. Is he, like, mm-hmm. And what's... Is, is, he was is, a permanent signing. Is uh, Who's the guy who used to always get the red cards? Is he still there? Serge Aurier? Yeah. Oh, no, he's gone a while. Oh. Sure, he was at Villarreal last season. He got oh, let go. Okay, okay. Thank God. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> Spurs is pre-season. They've, they've been going fine. Do you know? Uh, they are doing all right. They were had a pre. They started off in Korea, uh, South Korea, and met up with Son after he played for their, his national side, and then it's they most recently you met up with Son. Oh, did I say that? Sounded like it. <laughs> no, I did not meet Youngman Son. Uh, no, so they met up uh, and. Uh, did a couple of ga- a game or two I think down there and their most recent game they played Rangers and 1-2-1 I think the game was up in Ibrox Paris, uh, Jed Spence uh, came on for his debut Perisic was on the bench uh, possibly indicating that he will be fit for the start of the season and uh, it'd be interesting to see because uh, how they want to line up you presume they're going to stick with the three uh, centre backs Ben Davies has also just signed a contract extension until 2025, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, yeah, you have you have Langley, Dyer, Romero, and Davies. Um, you would think Davies and Langley are rotating together. Would that be right? I think Dyer plays as the right side of the centre-backs. Um, uh, no, Dyer is usually the centre-centre-back. Oh, and Romero, Romero is, is the right. right. 
Okay. Romero's on the right and then Ben Davies on the left. So it might be more so the left side that Longley comes in at because I think he's play, he mainly plays as a left-sided centre-back in a two. So that might make sense because it also would give them a bit more height in terms of like defending crosses and balls into the box and corners. Um, okay. One of the reasons I put Kulazewski in my team is because Richarlison has that suspension and won't be playing the first game. But even mm-hmm. when he does become fit... I don't think he's the start. We've, we've discussed Kulazewski at length. He's, he's not one of the starting three. So um, I'm happy to put 8 million Kulazewski in my midfield. Yeah. And, uh, I uh, think he just, he, he, he was so, he was so good last season. Yeah, uh, I, I don't see how you can possibly take him out of the team. Like he, he, he fit in with Son and Kane really well. And like those two have been doing it for a while now. So to have someone that can come into the team and, and gel with those two is, is very good. So then another, Chelsea player Brogia looked like he was on his way to West Ham but that's in doubt yeah I mean it looks like West Ham have finalized the deal to sign uh, Skamaka from Sassuolo uh, apparently West Ham have a good relationship with his agent and the deal is more or less done <clears throat> I saw a video of him uh, signing autographs um, on Reddits uh, for West Ham fans so it seems like it's a done deal really uh he's good uh he had a breakout season sassuolo uh last year um very tall uh strong um holds up the ball kind of everything you'd imagine in a dave moyes uh player but he's also got a good finish on him there was a game he played against juve uh last season and i think he might have scored twice one of them was a, a very nice finish from outside the box so it looks like he's kind of uh got everything he needs to kind of be a success in a Dave Moyes type uh, uh, team so it'll be interesting to see they're also being linked with uh, Kostic from Frankfurt who is uh, whose agent is the same agent for Skmaka so that might be where that's kind of coming from yes uh, West Ham of course of Europe this season and that might turn you off just a little but they have some defenders in a 4.5 I know Zuma's 4.5 if Mm -hmm. they could like shore up at the back I wouldn't mind they were going to make him five and then they remember the cat stuff and they took half a mil off the cat stuff um <laughs> and then you have Antonio up top you're going to have Bowen at 8.5 I think he started off in a load of teams and is no longer in a load of teams I can see his ownership going down quite a lot um yeah we'll be looking for the new Bowen this season but have you any interest mm. in you 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 don't have him in your team either Steve no uh I think if he was probably half a mil or a mil cheaper, I probably would have gone for it. Probably same as everyone else. I just think for eight and a half, I think like I think you can get Luis Diaz for eight. I think that's a better alternative than Bowen for eight and a half, purely because it, it just frees up more options for you. Um, there is, now, there, look is Bowen, there is a lot of forwards at West Ham, so he might just be as likely to get rotated. No, I mean, not to start off with anyway. But if they decide to play Skamaka and Antonio together, like, you know, Antonio has played on the wing before. Do they push him out there for a game and give Bowen a rest? Or It'll be interesting to see how they do it with Europe. Uh, last season, they were fairly bare bones, so they kind of had to play out the same starting eleven the whole time. But you could definitely tell towards the end that they were getting tired. So uh, Moyes will be keen to try and keep things fresh. Hmm. At the top of the section, I mentioned Bailey at Villa and Neto at Wolves being like the two cheap midfielders that everyone is really looking at. 
Neto might be playing in like a front two with Jimenez, which would be very interesting. Um, like I like when I saw Neto in a lot of teams start, I was like he's shite. And I've heard few. I've, my my opinions been changed slightly as as the days have worn on. But I feel like he'd be hard to move out of it. Is is yeah? And, and Wolves now are playing a fourth back. They got Collins, the Irish centre back. Uh, mm-hmm. they're they're playing in preseason they're playing with full backs with players that previously were wing backs so i'll be waiting to see how that pans out um yeah is is there anyone at wolves you're thinking of getting steve no not really i mean if you're just looking for a body who's guaranteed to start the game it's going to be Jimenez. fabio silva uh signed a one-year extension and went out on loan to anderlecht in the same breath so they've clearly realized that Jorge Mendez has had them on here. Like he, he absolutely <laughs> fleeced them out of like, what was like, I think a record fee, like 40 million euros. Um, yeah. Like him, him and guaranteed to start up top every game. Uh, obviously had a drop off last season. So it'd be interesting to see if he can continue, pick it back up again. I think he hasn't really been the same since the head injury, as sad as it is to say, yeah. uh, you could definitely see points where he was getting frustrated and throwing the headband around and, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see, but uh, like they, you've got you've mentioned Neto there. They also got um, Pudence and uh, Adama Traore has come back from his loan at Barcelona, and um, that guy Chiquinha is an interesting uh, winger. So they've got enough support around them if they can put it all together. Um, so we'll see, but for the moment, no, there's nothing about Wolves that that interests me right now. Oh, they were the most boring team last year. They were incapable of scoring. And they they of... pretty much got to the halfway stage of the season and said, right, we can't get relegated. And then kind of just sort of meandered throughout the rest of the season. Nobody really... They didn't get any big scalps and nobody really cared because they weren't playing any real nice football. They stayed afloat. That's all they did. Yeah. So, Steve, I was, you know, I was, I, we mentioned on the last pod, we were talking about what are our targets for the season ahead, like, and I was talking about the 10k, 100k million, but really what I'd love more than anything is just to beat you. <laughs> uh, well, that's your goal every year. <laughs> like, why, uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Hopefully this is the season, like, either in fantasy or in regular. I've got double the chance this time. Um, if you're not in, you can't win. Oh, I said fantasy and regular. I meant draft and regular. Mm. So, um, look, I I don't have any uh, I don't have any uh, gauge for how well I'll do in regular. It's going to be based more so off of draft. Um, but yeah, like I'm just looking forward to it. It's fun messing around with the teams and looking at the different players. And I always get excited when the transfer window is there about who is signing and uh, that sort of thing and seeing how they might integrate into teams and things like that. So. Yeah, it's just exciting. Um, I just can't wait for the season to come back now. Uh, I just, I really, I need it on. I need it in my veins. I wouldn't say I'm so much excited as I am filled with just a little bit of dread slash anxiety that all <laughs> of my plans won't pl- pan out. That's why I want to play as boring as possible because then maybe I can blame other people for yeah, what yeah. has happened. Um, but other people are to it. blame for your problems. Please, I, I want all of the credit, but none of the blame. <laughs> That'll do for episode two of season two of the FPL Jingle. Another ramble as we kind of get prepared for some proper podcasting. Uh, I think our next episode will be 
the preview of game week one uh we'll 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 eventually have settled on what our, our opening teams are like looking forward to see what we actually end up with um and steve will you be doing a lot of tinkering between now and then um i'll let i don't know is the honest answer probably not because i'll be too busy watching the formula one nice one i'm looking forward to that uh i probably will do loads because i kind of want reese james now that i talked about it but okay that'll do <laughs> thanks for podding steve thanks for listening folks end it for us steven no 